Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, as you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fishing Game Podcast. you got your host here, Justin Townsend. Today we're having a crew chat, and the topic is going to be wild game finger foods. I don't know if that's like a, a internationally known topic or title, finger foods, or if it's just, uh, I, I think we went in the route of like dumplings, meat pies, hand rolls, egg rolls, uh, pretty much any kind of roll hand finger food, but not eating hands or fingers. That's the important part. At least not yet. Um, so but first we do that, we'll go ahead and go around the room and, and give some quick updates uh, so you know who's chatting and know what's going on in our neck of the woods. Uh, for me, myself, as I was just telling uh, these two, um, elk, dove, Colorado public land, tr- trust land, uh, some of it, and something else opened today. Uh, here in Colorado. So pretty stoked for that. Big plans in the next couple weeks to get out. Uh, my daughter's birthday this weekend is this weekend, so not getting out this weekend. But excited nonetheless because, boom, we're officially hunting season is, like, in full swing. Um, I will pass it over to Colin now. Hey, everybody. It's Colin. You can't talk, you can't talk about Nutria. Uh, that's good because I don't have any updates. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, noted. Um, I made some blackberry jam out of the wild blackberries in my backyard. It's pretty fun. Uh, had a pretty good, a healthy crop going on for about a week. Kept plucking them off every day. Never realized 
how much sugar actually goes into jam and jelly. Uh, it's a little disheartening, actually. How, but, how much sugar? What, what's the ratio you used? Uh, well, let's see. I probably had three cups of blackberries, mm-hmm. and I think I used two cups of sugar. <laughs> That's a lot. That's what I always do a, a low sugar because I can't handle I, how much sugar goes into a normal batch. I tried to do the low sugar and it wouldn't thicken right. Like it wouldn't thicken up. Huh. So I just like little by little kept dumping more and then sweating and kind of oh gosh. <laughs> and then I've uh, done it finally, with sand plums. What's that? I said I've done it with sand plums. I, oh, I haven't right. done it with blackberries. So that might be different. But uh, it turned out good. It's not like too sweet. It's not overly sweet. It, it's still pretty good. You know, I wonder what uh, I know. You can use like what is it? The gelatin or the uh, yeah, the pectin goes pectin, in. Pectin, pectin. That's it. Yeah. Can you use cream of tartar? Is that also a? Uh, a th- I know it's a thickener, but I don't know that if it end up ends up clear. You know, like some some of them like uh, cornstarch ends up clear. Like if you mix it with water, generally. But I've never seen know. a recipe with that in it. Yeah, I've seen tartar. some. Yeah, I've I tried some with Splenda before, and it gave mm-hmm. it a weird taste. Oh, I, I bet that was funky. Yeah, yeah I, I can't deal with the I can't <laughs> yeah. deal with the taste of Splenda. Um, all right, sorry, Colin. Uh, no, no worries. Today. Please, uh, please continue. It st- still turned out great. No complaints. I'll probably try and do it with less sugar next time. Still have some growing back there. Uh, like Justin was saying, dove season opened up today. I've got my pheasant workshop next week, uh, next Saturday, which I mentioned before. Really looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be a good time out with ODFW and then some some guides with dogs and learn how to do a proper pheasant hunt. Uh, early deer also opens that same day, as well as goose. I'm obviously not going to get out there because I'll be at the pheasant hunt. Uh, but I am going to go this weekend and uh, hang up some trail cams at a spot I heard about. So looking nice. forward to that. That's all I have. I, I did. I did forget to mention this. So, uh, you know, the past couple episodes we've had on, we've been covering a lot about foraging. Being it's kind of like that in between season. We talked. We've talked fish. We've talked foraging. Man, since we've talked foraging, my eyes have been more on the ground, and I have been tr- locating all kinds of crazy mushrooms. I've got a. Oh, yeah. I think I, I downloaded that same app that you had, Colin. The uh, which uh, naturalist one, iNaturalist. Oh no, I got it. it's picture mushroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably super sketchy, but um <laughs> I definitely wouldn't trust it in in its entirety and and to go back like on on what we've talked about uh with some of the like very knowledgeable foragers is that you don't just trust one resource. You like you you know, maybe use an app or use a book or, you know, use some picture matching and then ask someone you know that knows a lot about it and then you kinda like go through this process to like, okay, now that I've used three or four resources, like maybe I would trust it to eat. But yeah, um it's definitely like research, like confirmed oh, resources, yeah. you know. So I've found uh I, I've collected three mushrooms here on my app. It lets you take a picture and then it oh, compares like other pictures to it and then you kinda like pick which one you think best match up, and it gives you a cool synopsis. But I found a, uh, and these were all on the same day. I was out for a jog. Dune stinkhorn, which has this like green oozy stuff coming out of the top. It looks like a morel, but it's taller. Okay. Um, and it's got like this oozy stuff that looks gross. A weeping 
bolet, which uh, is is toxic, and uh, meadow mushroom. So the meadow mushroom, it says is edible, but I, I didn't trust entirely that it was a meadow mushroom, and I didn't get a good picture of it because it has you take as you take a side profile and as you flip the mushroom over and take a picture from the top, looking at the what would be the bottom of the mushroom, I guess like the gills. I don't know if that's the proper yeah term for that, but um. Yeah, so it kind of then it matches up, like I said, and it gives you a couple examples. Um, but I, I didn't collect the meadow mushroom. There was just one, and I was still kind of on the fence whether or not I wanted to even pursue it. Uh, plus, would I had to stick it in my fanny pack as I was running home, which I didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah, like a little messy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we went on a hike that same day uh, out over near the mountains, kind of Red Rocks area, and I found gooseberries and uh, okay. wild plums. So I was pretty stoked about that. We didn't take them because we were in a state park, but I was able uh, to use uh, some pictures and the internet and stuff and like ID'd what they were. And I was like, oh, All super right. cool. It was actually the first time I saw a, uh, did I say gooseberry? Choke cherries. Ah, gotcha. Choke cherry tree. Um, so I was pretty stoked about that. I also have some, I think I'm saying this right, salal berries. Like a salal, mm, have yeah. you ever heard that? S-A-L-A-L. Well, apparently it, it's like a, it's a pretty like Oregonian thing, but uh, it has berries on it that you can eat. So I'm gonna go pluck some of those next. And what do they look like? Uh, they kind of look like blueberries, but they're not on a blueberry bush. Oh uh, yeah, Salal is a leathery leaf shrub in the heather family that grows about five feet in height and springs flowers or tiny fuzzy white bells. Small berries which ripen in the late summer are dull yep. blue black and slightly hairy. I haven't seen the I hairy part deal yet. with the hairy berries. <laughs> I haven't seen the hairy uh, hairy berries yet. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the right time to pick them. No, there's a guy in the picture on Google here. There's a guy with a spoon uh, holding him up. So apparently there's huh. a lot of health benefits. They do look like blueberries. They've got the same little kind of like star pattern on the bottom. Yeah. So I think uh, you can make a bunch of different things with them. I think you can make a jam. I think you could just eat them raw, like put them in yogurt and granola and stuff. So I'll, I'll try those out, see what they're like. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what else? I found today um, paradise apple. So they're not really edible. They've they've used them for medicinal purposes and like the blossoms and things like that. But uh, it was on my way home biking and I saw it because I thought it was another plum tree, but it was much fuller and taller. And I got kind of curious, oh. so I started started doing a little research and unfortunately but yeah my main point my main takeaway from this whole thing is like since we've been having these foraging conversations i've been noticing more things Corey did the same thing he kept like sending me pictures of mushrooms he was finding uh along the way so i, I thought it was pretty interesting um when you start putting the two together but i'll go over emily you've been you haven't been on the show in a while no it's been a minute yeah since like the bear hunt right in may yes yeah. holy smokes well, what have you and what have you, what have you and Ryan been up to? You guys have been busy too. We did. Uh, we just came back from Florida. We took a veteran down there and went alligator hunting in August in Florida, and that was hot and hot. mosquitoes. So many mosquitoes. I still have mosquito bites. <laughs> you know what's crazy though? When I was so I was alligator hunting. It would have been the same week that you guys were last year, and they had a cold front blow through, and it dropped down into the 60s, and that was part of the reason we weren't as successful as we intended, uh, like up until the last day, was because we had a north wind, and the temperatures dropped below 70, and they say the alligators aren't 
they don't come out of the water as much because the water is still warmer than the air. Right. Yeah, sorry. So we, uh, the veteran was successful, got him a nine-foot alligator, and then they pig hunted every night we were there. I think the final total was like 30 pigs. Holy smokes. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun. We did some filming. We'll put out uh, a video on our channel, The Way We Hunt, on YouTube before too long, and I think there's going to be some good footage. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Ryan was sending me snippets kind of along the way, and you two uh, both sending me pictures back and forth um, of either really cool things happening or really delicious-looking food, which uh, made me uh, very jealous. <laughs> yeah, so we, we ate one of the hogs while we were there. We ate some of the alligator while we were there, so a lot of fresh food. And uh, Alice got attacked by a pig while we were there, so I'm really glad that Ryan's not a bad shot. She was not a very big pig, but I was, Wait, I, yeah, I was what, dumb, what and I was out there filming, and I didn't have nothing on me. My pistol was back at the house. I didn't have a knife. I didn't have nothing. And they had... They had shot a bunch of pigs, and we were just out in the field walking around. I mean, it was done. Like, nothing else was happening. They were walking around, and all of a sudden, we hear some squealing. And this guy that owns the ranch kind of has a knowing. He's just, like, super dry. And this pig comes running at him, and he was like, eh, somebody should shoot that pig. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes around him, and Ryan shoots, hits him in the hindquarter, spins him around. He's coming right for me. And... I start high-stepping it out of there. I'm like, oh, God, run up behind Brian. Ryan shoots again, misses. Ryan shoots a third time, hits it in the moneymaker, takes it down. And that's all they talked about for the next 24 hours. Oh, I bet. I mean, high-stepping <laughs> it out of there. Me saying, oh, God. Keep your life, <laughs> man. Yeah. That's in- – I don't know. I don't uh, – I don't. I've never been charged by a pig or ran at by a pig. How big was like, it? Oh, it wasn't very big. I just like keep calling it Wilbur. Is it the wee little pig? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a baby, but it wasn't a it wasn't a huge pig either. But it's in the middle of the night, and I'm like, I got nothing on me, so I'm like, what am I going to do? Kick this pig in the face? And it eats my leg off, and uh. I was like, well, I'll just run over behind Ryan. He has a gun, so <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he'll save me. At least you didn't push him towards the pig. <laughs> <laughs> We're here behind Ryan, bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, we had a good time. It was a lot of fun, and we were successful, so that was good. So, the real question is, was anybody else filming in this moment to capture? No, God, I totally failed. I failed in my duties. Oh, man. That's all right. Well, I'm glad you didn't get eaten by a pig. I, I don't even think it had really good tusks either. I think it would have been fine. Just like gnawing on me. Still, I mean, like, a, like a little 50 pound pig sprinting at you. I mean, that's got to knock you over. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want uh, botulism, so I didn't want to get bit by him. Yeah. That's, that'd be bad too. That's true. Yeah. Botulism, I heard, is not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I don't know if I can top that story tonight, but... uh. <laughs> Uh, I do want to talk about our cooking classes. (laughs) Worst segue ever. Um, So if you want to come watch us not get chased by pigs on a a virtual cooking class, we have those now. We we ran through our first round of uh, first month, so we did five total classes, uh, both Adam, Adam, Ara, 
Jeff, and myself all taught classes uh, in August. Uh, all went went off without a hitch. You know, everybody little minor technical difficulties, but I think we've we've moved past that. We got them sorted out. Everybody's kind of got a good flow. And uh, actually, tomorrow, which will be September second, I don't know the time in this podcast. Uh, the the program will for September will probably already be out, but you can look forward to. Let me just pull up the uh, pull it up real quick. And um, so I'm going to be doing a Japanese grilled venison heart skewers. Uh, so I'm going to do a heart heart breakdown. Uh, I still have an antelope heart. Uh, I'm going to break that heart down, show you how to kind of get it ready for the table, and then we're going to do uh, Japanese-style skewers, uh, traditionally done with, like, chicken hearts. Um, but I'm going to modify the recipe to, to do venison. Uh, Adam Berkelmans is going to be doing uh, Mongolian goose, so kind of that play on a, a traditional... It's actually a Taiwanese dish, if you guys didn't know that. I always thought it was just kind of like American Chinese food, like lumped in there. But it's a dish that originated in Taiwan. Huh. Go yeah. back to your heart thing. Is it going to be a spicy dish or like no. sweet? No, 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 no. It's not going to be spicy. And I'll, I will actually uh, – where's my detail? Because we got a bunch of uh, venison hearts still. That would be a good one to – Yeah, I've got one too. I'm going to have to sign up for that one. Yeah, you guys sign up. It'll be a good one. Um, I will tell you the ingredients because I don't know them off the top of my head, naturally. <laughs> the sky is falling here. Um, so, they are, yeah, so soy sauce, sugar, ginger root, garlic cloves, sesame oil, rice wine vinegar, sesame seeds, green onion, sriracha, you can use it as much or as little as you want, and then rice, so... Oh, pretty simple. Um, yeah, yeah, but I think the fun part of that is going to be the, the breakdown of the heart uh, because not a lot of people – I won't say not a lot of people. I don't want to lump everyone in, but uh, some people may not know how to break down a heart. And uh, I think I like uh, – yeah, I like Danielle Pruitt's best example of it, uh, kind of treating it like a bell pepper mm. is a way yeah. to think about it. But, Yeah. No, that should be fun. You guys should definitely come. It'll be it'll be an entertaining time. Um, oh gosh, I clicked the wrong button. So Jeff is going. Jeff Benda is going to be preparing. Uh, one sec, my email's pulling up here. Jeff Benda is actually preparing two dishes in his. So it's like a two for one. Uh, so he's going to do ground venison lasagna roll-ups. And then mm. while that's cooking, uh, he's going to do a venison steak panzanella, panzanella, panzanella salad. So that's a uh, – that salad is um, – it's pretty – it looks pretty interesting. Um, so is it like the Olive Garden appetizer uh, <laughs> lasagna roll-up? I think so. Dude, that'd be bomb. Yeah, based on, yeah. Based on the, uh, the picture here – it's yeah, basically if you have the meat and the cheese and all that stuff in there, and then inside of it are the it's rolled kind of like a, a taquito or like a yep. quesadilla roll, and then you got the sauce and stuff on top. Yep. So maybe like enchilada, but lasagna, <laughs> if that makes sense. And then the salad is gonna do with steak bits, and then a lot of like fresh chunky vegetables. So if you've got vegetables in your garden that are ready to go, I think this this is a good class. Nice. And then Aura is going to be preparing 
Venison Ricotta Tagliatelle. What's that? That's good. Tagliatelle is like the big pasta. Yeah, thing, big, right? big oh, noodles, gotcha. like leaves yeah. of pasta. So that should be good. So that'll be later on in the month. But yeah, we always have a good lineup. And then I, I think um, Adam Steele is going to plan to do some sort of small game, uh, probably like a little similar, like a breakdown and a uh, a recipe. Squirrel, rabbit, whatever. Uh, I think those seasons are opened up in Florida now. So, um, but yeah, should be cool. Super excited about those classes. I'm I'm really enjoying the teaching aspect of it, and I think uh, I w- I've watched all the videos. Which all our last month's classes are also available on demand on the website, and so you can go and you can pay for those. And once you've paid for them once, you have access to them hmm. indefinitely. So you can essentially you can either participate in live class or you can watch the uh, you can buy the the recorded version and pretend you're in the class. How much does the, all the jokes. recorded version cost? They're, they're both the same. They're each $20. Okay. So, yeah. Um, really, uh, the benefit, I think, to being in the class is that you can interact and ask questions and all that. Uh, everybody's good about answering questions and kind of going step-by-step step and pausing and, and uh, helping you out and they'll be able to see you as well, and so they can see what you're doing. And if you're like, oh, is this meatball supposed to be this size? And, you know, you can kind of interact, and it, it's a neat point. Um, we also have a, a combo package on that, too. So if you sign up for a class, and then there's a T-shirt option where you can buy the Supper Club logo via in a T-shirt or on a T-shirt, and with that, you get, I think, like, 5 or 10 bucks knocked off the price of the T-shirt, and so it's, like, 40 bucks for the whole deal, So, cool. which is which is pretty cool. I, I like yeah. the logo. And you get some sweet merch. Yeah. And a good sale merch. So. Yes. It doesn't awesome. look like a reindeer anymore. It doesn't look like a reindeer. It's an elk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a reindeer would still, we- still work, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was, like, a weird... When it when it first came out, it was kind of a weird morph between a a reindeer, a stag, and an elk, and then uh, we kind of had to fine tune the antlers a little bit, <laughs> but uh, but we got it. We're there now, so uh, I, I'm happy with that. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, we're we're still doing. It's kind of like lulled a little bit. We're still doing the hats for reviews. So if you leave a review, a written review, uh, and we choose and we read it on the air. Uh, we'll call your your handle or name or whatever it's listed at out, and you recognize your comment, shoot us an email, and we'll send you a hat. That's still going on, too. And I've been thinking about, uh, as we have guests on that have cookbooks, because we've been having a lot, like Jesse Griffiths, Michael Hunter, uh, a lot of those folks have cookbooks. Um, I think in the future we're going to give away cookbooks. We're going to give away a cookbook on the episode, and uh, that's going to maybe go over to YouTube to the episode because our episodes are also released on YouTube as well and then subscribe to the channel and leave a comment on the episode and that'll get you uh, we'll pick a favorite comment out of that so get some attention seeking comments and we'll get you some cookbooks so listen up for that Oh, the hog book we, we got both of our copies in I don't want to hear it you know <laughs> so mine um, I mine still says that it's in route from Key West so it's shipped to my Key West address oh is that what shipped there and then the post office process and then like it's it's it says it's supposed to be here but that was like 
uh, over a week ago, like Here's two weeks ago. Bomb. Ugh, I know. Jesse did a great job with it. I'm super stoked. I'm yeah, actually well, uh, going to be in Texas. Oh, you have to tell us about uh, your Ryan Daidue. Uh, oh, that was a while back. Well, you guys got to was. go eat. Yeah, so that was a fantastic meal. Like, so good. I never had Wagyu before. Mm-hmm. So I had some Wagyu. Uh, I don't even remember what my side dish. I We ate so much food, I was miserable on the <laughs> And the, miserable and, and happy at the like, same time. <laughs> yeah, miserable and happy at the same time. The place is, like, very unassuming when you pull in there. It's, like, very small. Uh, it's very cool, though. Like, it's intimate. It has, uh, when you walk in the front door from the street, because there's two entrances, one from, like, the back alley and the one from the front, they have a bunch of stuff for sale, like meats and stuff. We have some, I think, uh, oh, gosh, we bought some... Oh, I just completely went blank. I can see it in the freezer right now, but I can't remember what it was. But they have a bunch of stuff for sale, uh, like pre-made meats that you can take back and uh, seasonings and all sorts of stuff while you're there. So I don't even know how much money we spent. It was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But it was definitely worth it. Oh, chorizo. It was wild boar chorizo. Oh, nice. That sounds good to you. Yeah, Yeah, we haven't tried it yet because I'm just like waiting for that special time. To make <laughs> Every day is a special day to make wild boar chorizo. <laughs> um, that's awesome. No, I'm glad. I'm actually headed down there in three weeks, uh, hopefully, uh, for some work. And then uh, I'm I'm also making reservations there uh, one night because then the next day, uh, AJ, if you roll back to last year this time to uh, to our Wyoming trips our Wyoming antelope and mule deer AJ was uh made an appearance in that podcast and on the adventures for food the film of Wyoming yeah made it uh he's, he's on that one as well so uh AJ I'm gonna since I'm in the area I'm gonna be driving back to a with AJ to Colorado uh for AJ myself and Ben uh are setting out for elk archery at the end of this month so super stoked about that very cool yeah, but I'm excited about Daidue, going to eat there. Because I tried to go last year, but uh, the coronavirus kind of put a snafu on that. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. things hold strong until then so that I can make it. <laughs> yeah, but, you're going to love it. Yeah, excited. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history, designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Let's move now, though, into... uh 
I, I like the fact that we've had so much good conversation already because we've been just catching up, which is great. But uh, let's let's move into what we're kind of talking about. So wild game finger foods. So I mentioned it kind of in the introduction of like what what it is. Uh, I think it's important to highlight in this in in every culture. I could say probably with a mild amount of confidence uh, has some sort of uh, finger food, be it a dumpling, be it a meat pie, be it a hand roll, an egg roll, uh, puff pastry, like you name it, somebody's doing it because before we had knives and forks, people were eating with their hands and I think there's still an appeal for that. I don't know. Um, I would say if I think about probably one of my favorite sort of like hand foods is probably like meat pies for sure. I think they're really awesome. And there's a lot of variations of those. You talk about New Zealand, Australia, South African, Jamaican, English, like, eh, I don't know. What, what are, what do you guys think when you hear about hand foods or finger foods or charcuterie board? Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. That's a good, uh, definitely a good category to include. I don't know. I, it, it, it depends on whose house you're at. If you eat it with your hands, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's maybe why I don't get invited back. <laughs> you might be politely asked to leave. <laughs> uh, when I when I hear meat pie, I actually don't think of one that you hold with your hand. Like I usually think that's more empanada ish. Yeah. Um, yeah. But meat pies, I imagine that in like a little like a foil dish or a foil pan. Like a pot pie? Yeah, like a pot pie. Yeah. And actually, I have a great food truck here. Um, I forget the actual name of the food truck, but they're called pasties, which are like a, I think they're like a British thing, but they were brought over here because there's a whole bunch of uh, logging business here and fishermen and stuff, so they would, I don't know, I guess eat with one hand. Uh, <laughs> While they're logging, yeah, or like driving, or driving somewhere, or like driving, driving their trawler or something, they're just driving with one hand. Um, but that's what I think of when I think of a meat pie. Really good. Yeah, British baked pastry, a very a traditional variety, yeah. which is associated with Cornwall, UK. There you also, go. be careful how you spell pasty when you're googling. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> in fact, it's funny. <laughs> You might want to have your parental controls on, <laughs> but uh, uh, the the truck actually has a, like a phonetic pronunciation on the side, like P A H hyphen S T E Z, so that people don't call it pasties; they call it pasties. <laughs> just to, just to clear that up before you get there. <laughs> I actually, was going to ask if you were pronouncing it right. Cause uh, yeah, because I, I used to pronounce it wrong, and then I saw the pronunciation on the truck. <laughs> Like, oh, how do, so how do they spell it the same way, though? Yeah, spelled the same way. Uh, huh. Okay, that could be difficult when you're Googling, I've learned. but um, Yeah, how did you spell it when you Googled it? Uh, P-A-S-T-I-E. It seems legit yeah. to me. Yeah, that seems right. But it, it had a Y version, too. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Yeah, like uh, the Wikipedia definition had a Y. Uh, all right. But I don't well, know. regardless, they're like a meat pie, uh, pot pie kind of variation. But uh, I mean, you could eat it with a hand. I think you could eat it like with one. But hand. it's in it's in a little tin. These come in a little dish. Uh, I think some of them they're not always in a little dish like that. Sometimes like folded together and pressed with a seam. Yeah, it's like a 
like a handheld meat pie. So to me, that would be a meat pie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like an empanada. Yeah. Or an empanada. I think we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. I think they're all pretty, why, I why mean, we're, that's kind of the point of this, right? They're all pretty similar. Everybody has their own version, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely the same. Like meat pies, uh, empanadas, pasties. <laughs> pasties. <laughs> pasties. Pasties. Um, I don't know. Why do you think people like them so much? The ease of eating it? Convenience. Yeah. Food. Yeah. Usually they're nice and doughy and buttery and I also very, think very of like when, inside. when I think about uh when I think about like meat pies and those types of, of things, I think about you know when you go to the gas station or like the truck stop and they have I think Steve Rinella sums it up best. It's like the cabinet of brown food. It's like <laughs> yeah. all the all the fried food that's like carbs and starch and just like you eat them and it just it makes you feel good. I think too, like yeah. not later, but like emotionally, you you're like, ah, this feels good. I think about that a lot too, when I think about the hand foods. Truck stop hot dogs are the best. Yeah, I think it's hard to mess up a hot dog, but some of the other ones are like, like the taquitos and stuff, and some of the fried food. There's some of them nowadays that are indiscernible what they are. Like <laughs> they're on the little roller, and if they don't put the sign out, yeah. That says like this is buffalo chicken taquito, or this is like it looks like uh, those linked sausage, but just like an extended, like a cheeseburger roll, which sounds terrible now that I think about it. Yeah, uh, depending on how long it's been since you last ate, they get increasingly more appetizing. <laughs> but I, or I think fried gizzards at a gas station are also the bomb. <laughs> I bet those are actually pretty good. See, I didn't they think are. about gizzards as a finger food, though. Oh, I guess so. Dude. Put it on the list. Yeah. Put it on the list. I'll add it. Um, what is it? You should be able to get... I wonder if anybody's done... Ducks? Ducks have gizzards. Yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever done duck gizzards. Now I'm curious. Uh, I'll have to save them for during duck season. Yeah. Colin's a couple of things I gotta save. I gotta save all the hearts. I gotta save all the livers, and I gotta save all the gizzards, plus the rest yeah. of the meat, of course. Man, you get just you the gotta, entire duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't forget about the tongues, duck tongues. Oh, oh man, I don't know about the tongues. I don't know if I can handle the tongues yet. I saw, like, I saw one of those recipes. This is a finger food. It's like the, like, <laughs> candied duck and goose tongues. Uh, and you can see like candied? the little, uh, maybe it was candied or like, maybe it was like sweet and sour. It kind of mm-hmm. had like an Asian spin on it with like a was sweet and sour. Pickle? I don't think it was pickled. No. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta go back and try and find it. I could but, get, I could get behind pickled. I think pickled duck tongue could be interesting. Uh, like yeah, on a look like toasty, <laughs> like a little mustard, <laughs> like pastrami. Think about like. Nobody's yeah. coming to that online class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. Um, like, well, first you do is you grab the duck's feet and you just pull. But Nobody's it, paying $20 for this. <laughs> the, uh, it's like the last scene of a Christmas story where they have to go to the Chinese restaurant and the duck's smiling at him. <laughs> so it's going to be like... Uh, but the, the picture I saw of this, I forget what the recipe was now, of the 
duck and goose tongues. Like you could still see the little teeth in the tongues, and for something about it, they just like turned me completely off to him. I was like, ah. so I don't know. I gotta get back, a little bit more brave for that. Back when I was in college, we we went up to New York City to go uh, to go pick up a buddy's Jeep uh, from a school he was going to up there, and then drive it back down. And we went ventured into Chinatown, and we're like, we're going to find the weirdest food that we can uh, and eat it. And lo and behold, what did we find? Duck tongue. Like literally, they bought oh, yeah. brought out a small saucer of a pyramid of duck tongues. And the way they serve them is like you have the tongue part, and then you have the cartilage part that's below the tongue. It's still on that. So like, uh, I'm trying to think of something comparable. All right. So if you have crawfish and you don't completely peel the tail and you like bite the crawfish meat and then pull it out of the shell. So that kind of same action, but you're like pulling the duck tongue meat off of the, off of the cartilage. Yeah. Like the flavor's oyster? good. Though. Not like an oyster. Uh, I couldn't think of anything that would be comparable. If it was a little bitty rib, and you were eating the meat <laughs> off the rib. <laughs> yeah, cause like a little bone in it, right? And yeah. 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 Here. Probably have to cut that part. Hank, Hank <laughs> This isn't the one that I found, but Hank Shaw has a crispy fried duck tongues, um, which actually looks a little bit better. I could probably that eat might a fried. Not be bad. Yeah. I could probably eat a yeah, fried duck tongue. Yeah. Is it battered? Uh, I don't think so. Huh. No. Okay. We yeah. went on like a we we went on a we went way off on that one, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I do. Let's circle back around and talk about dumplings since we're kind of in the general area. And I have so first off, uh, there are a couple dumpling I listed in the recipes. So, what is each one of your favorites out of what we saw here? Mm. I'm reading right now. Stand by. It's the first two. So. Uh, I can. T- I mean, I'll, I'll tell the, you. The squirrel and scallion pot stickers was that the one that? Um, yeah, made? that was Dustin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that one was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Actually, yeah. So we had both you and I have had that one, and actually you yeah. shot that squirrel, didn't you? Uh, no, Dustin shot it. Uh, he used my gun, so you know, half a kill. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he was the one. He shot it. But I remember that was the day that we we have the one confirmed squirrel kill in that area of Florida, and uh, that's true. I saw them running around that tree, and we went over and found them. In the palm tree? Yeah, on that palm tree. And that's when we realized that everybody kept telling us to go to the oaks, go to the oaks, go to that. And then we're, like, walking along, and two squirrels scurry up a palm tree. Yep. And we're like, well. What's kimchi gunman do? Uh, Pan-fried Korean dumplings. So that's what that means? Well, kimchi is, like, the pickled cabbage. Like pickled cream. I haven't had either, yeah. so I I can't speak to either. Squirrel or goose? Uh, squirrel, hands down, before goose. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah, I like waterfowl. Yeah, you're not a waterfowl. Yeah, you're not a waterfowl. <laughs> <laughs> you're not be saving the, will not be saving the duck gizzards over there. <laughs> Don't worry, Emily. I'm, I'll send you some duck tongues this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get this weird package on my phone. <laughs> what? Earth yeah, this doesn't have anything on it. This is like five tons of tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like a cold pack inside and we're like, oh no. Yep. This is so it is. 
So mandu is the dumpling, is is the type of dumpling, which is uh, it's got ingredients: ginger, soy sauce, shiitake mushrooms inside. Uh, they usually use beef or pork, um, but this is actually LC Hunter. So LC is one of our field staff riders uh, up in Ontario. Yeah, from, and, he's from uh, Get Out and Go Hunting, right? Yep. yep That's right for them yep. too. And um, I'm also out on mushrooms, so that one I'm out on. You you are not on mushrooms, no. No. Mm-hmm. And kimchi? Do you like kimchi? I don't know that I've ever had it. Fermented spicy cabbage. Right. Yeah. yeah it's spicy. You'd probably be out on that. Yeah, that's probably why I haven't tried it. I will try anything once, but it's not. It's not. You can get non-spicy. Like we yeah, typically eat the non-spicy at our house. Yeah, I should. I, I don't mind it. And I like cabbage, so I don't know. Yeah, it's really pretty good. It's like <laughs> a like more flavorful coleslaw without the like cream part of it. Oh, because I don't like coleslaw either. Yeah, I don't. I don't care for. Coleslaw. What about sauerkraut? You like sauerkraut? I do like sauerkraut. Okay, so you would probably like kimchi. Yeah. It's like a little little different flavors, but still same concept. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, no sauerkraut is. I do like sauerkraut. I have a good sauerkraut recipe. I don't know why I made that face. Nobody can see me. <laughs> <laughs> we, can see it. we can hear it though, and the little like the little sound you made—that's like everybody knows what that face is. <laughs> okay, quick noise. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, Justin, can you send me that sauerkraut recipe? I actually have a head of cabbage. I need to make into that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. simple. Uh, I'll send it to you, but you just take salt. So slice it super thin. You take salt uh, and basically like massage the salt into the sauerkraut okay. and the, the or into the cabbage and the cabbage will create a juice yeah. through the its reaction with the salt and then that then becomes your brine. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. It's like a quick overnight uh you're definitely not storing it for long term but if okay. you want to eat it within like a week or so. It so it's just good. salt. That's all. Yep. You can put mustard yeah. in it too. Like people put mustard seed or ground mustard in there too and give it a yep. little bit of like a I, I think I did to it. I may have done some mustard seed when I did it originally, but it's on uh, the recipe. It's a uh, corn venison that I did way back when, like 2014, maybe 2015. I'll send you that. I need okay. to make that recipe. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. Um, I want. I wish Corey was on it. Corey's been doing. He does a lot of corned goose. Uh, yeah. He uses like three or four different recipes, which I think it can easily translate over into any game. Like roast or cut because goose breasts, you know, they're not super tender. Um, I guess depending. So, but. So, what kind of meat are you using? For the corn, corn venison. What kind is that? I just use a roast, whatever roast I had. Yeah. It's just, you start getting into like the thickness, and then you have to make sure that you uh, brine it long enough so that it, it goes all the way into the center. Like, I think. Four or five days, depending on that. So it has okay. to be fully submerged. But yeah, I'll send you the recipe for sure. Um, so I, I think dumplings definitely, in the way that we're talking about them, being like dumplings, pot stickers, mandu, uh, whatever you want to call them, I think they tr- can translate just about to any type of wild game. Because we've got squirrel and scallion pot stickers, we've got snow goose and kimchi gun mandu, like. Both of those recipes 
if you look at them, you can literally just swap out whatever wild game meat in there, and I think it's it's pretty synonymous. Um, and then, ooh, meat pies. Now we're on the meat pie train again. It sounds weird now this. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, looking at meat pies, our favorite example, uh, there are some, so I would say out of these, I'll just list them off. This will make it easier. I'm going to throw the three-ingredient Dove Wellington in there with that one out of those selections. Wild venison, sweet potato meat pies, um, venison meat pies, and let's do venison pizza rolls. We'll throw that one in there. And then actually, yeah, we'll do that. It's like a meat pie. And then, uh, ooh, that's not going to fit in a pie. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think out of those? I mean, you never can go wrong I mean, with pizza. Yeah, and those venison pizza rolls that uh, that was from Kayla Bendel, right? Mm-hmm. The ones that she made those looked awesome. Um, and it's such a classic finger like it's a finger food pizza rolls, and then put the wild game twist on there. I think that's that's kind of hard to beat. And it's yeah. like flashback to childhood. Yeah, no, Everything no, no. Was, yeah, like, it was simple, and you didn't have to adult. You didn't have to. Pay for anything. <laughs> yep. Didn't realize how much cheese cost. You know? <laughs> like, the worst part was sleepover. The, the pizza rolls were either frozen in the middle still or a billion degrees. I actually knew somebody who ate a pizza roll and she burned like her chin on it. Like some of the sauce came out and oh, she got like a second no. degree burn on her chin. <laughs> it's awful. Those were the days. Yep. Wow. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, we lost Justin. Yeah, you lost me. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I I'm gonna go with the just the standard venison meat pies, and so this uh, Jason um, Jason Thornton put this one together. Uh, this one's a little bit of older one. But it's essentially, I like the simplicity of this one. It reminds me of, like, the uh, South Louisiana uh, meat pies, which is kind of what I think, where you have, you've got your, um, what is it? It is, they call it, like, a Creole seasoning, but it's basically, you get kind of the holy trinity of Cajun cooking. So you get onions, bell pepper, um, and... Gosh, onion, bell pepper, celery, all in one. And you mix that as you're cooking in the ground meat. And then uh, he uses puff pastries to, like, put everything together and then bake it. So it's a baked baked hand pie, not a, like, fried hand pie. Sounds good. Okay. Yep. I, I, I think I like that just for simplicity's sake. And then I'll even choose that over my own recipe which was on that list of the sweet potato and meat pies with the orange jalapeno dipping sauce that one was pretty good i think it's on par i'm not a big baker so i made those i made that dough myself and i was pretty proud of that um but small victories yeah small victories in life the pizza rolls are good i I like those too those are like comfort food i think I think the important takeaway for the meat pies, though, is when you think about doughs, is 
it's okay not to make dough from scratch. <laughs> like, yeah. use use the pastry puffs, use the pie dough, like whatever. Like that's perfectly acceptable unless you're a very good baker, which I'm not. So I don't know. It's just a lot of work for like three seconds of eating. I feel that's why I'm not that's a big true. baker either. Like, do I destroy my kitchen for three hours for me to eat this for thirty seconds? <laughs> and it's one of those things like uh, the doughs take so much adjusting, and if your measurements are off, you add too much of something, you got to mess around with it. Be happy with consistency before you're even baking, and then once you bake it, it's just like. It and then baking changes depending on where you are in the U.S. Yep, I'm at altitude, so. Yep. High altitude versus Florida, yeah, it's gonna be completely different. I haven't even baked here. My oven quit working the other day, so i got to wait for that to get fixed. But, yeah, I haven't been baking. Great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, oven. Um, Microwave pizza rolls. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I have my trusty Traeger. I just bake, I've been baking everything on the Traeger. Uh, Perfect. Which works. Um, I think the, all these recipes definitely translate into any type of wild game. I will say, since it's now opening of dove season, that the Dove Wellington is a great resource to do with dove. Yes. And that one can be changed so easily to your liking and anything that you want to do. You can go mm-hmm. with, like, the three ingredient, or you can add whatever you want, your feeling. You can put cheese or spinach. You can make it, like, a cordon bleu, like, what, mm-hmm. what, you know, whatever. All right, so let's look at hand rolls. So I'm going to say in hand hand rolls, this is anything rolled. So I'm going to go egg rolls, let's uh, queso rolls. Um, I think maybe pizza rolls is a weird category. Is it a meat pie or is it a, a roll? It is what it wants that to be. That is a – yeah. I threw that's a, a good question. I threw a ground venison I'm sushi roll in there. And then I might have to post a uh, uh, Instagram survey about that. Is is a venison pizza roll a meat pie or a roll? Ooh, that's a good one. Like, uh, I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with meat pie. Yeah, that, that's how I'm gonna vote. I think I would vote meat pie too. Mainly because I, I, I think I'm gonna have to, I think already put it in that category and I don't want to go back and change it. <laughs> well, I'll be I'll be the outlier here. I think I'm gonna go with roll. I think it's uh, you know, a, a traditional pizza roll, which is just basically tomato sauce. Uh, but the venison pizza rolls are actually gonna have ground meat in it. I think ooh, it's more like ooh. yeah, but it's not. It's but it's not ooh. rolled up. It's like squished together. I got this. Uh, this here. This here could be a game changer. So in the recipe. One package of egg roll wrappers. See? Ooh. They're using egg roll wrappers for this pizza roll? Yep. Yep. Uh, fail. I take I take everything back what I just said. <laughs> what would you what wait oh, wait, hold on. Well so what would you use then? I mean I'm gonna use like a pizza dough. Ooh. It's a pizza it's a pizza roll. It's a that is a natural yeah. thought, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> huh. But I, I... So, I'll defend... I'll defend Kayla in this one, and that we talked about this. 
a couple podcasts ago she was on, and uh, it was a quick, easy solution because the egg roll wrappers are, like, pretty readily available. But I do see the point of it not rising and having, like, a pizza dough consistency. But I do like kind of the point of a pizza roll. I but if you think about think about how the pizza rolls of our childhood were not like puffy. They were frozen and had all sorts of preservatives. (laughs) Yeah, more more chemicals than actual food. Exactly. But I I don't know. So mm. just don't get the rising crust pizza roll or a pizza dough. I don't know. I actually haven't looked at the recipe, but I just like pizza everything, so. Why do you like pizza? Man, this is a tough one. Like, as I think about it, whether or not it's a, it falls in the roll or pie category. But if it has know. egg roll as the. If it has okay. egg roll as the, the outside, mm-hmm. I think you could you could honestly convince me that it's an egg roll, too. It's basically like a mini burrito. Of the egg roll recipes, we've got pheasant Philly cheese egg rolls, um, the confit squirrel egg rolls, and I'm going to throw in the wild boar queso rolls and the ground venison sushi roll. So I know obviously the sushi roll and the queso roll are made with, well, sushi rolls made with seaweed is the the rolled substance. Yeah, and then well, the wild boar queso roll is like the uh, tortilla. I will say the pheasant Philly cheese rolls we made, obviously, yep. were fantastic. But that wild boar queso roll also looks like bomb. That one, that one's pretty phenomenal. That was Aura's. Uh, right, yeah, that looks... I think that one's also on our Instagram, isn't it, Colin? It is. Yeah. I think all of these are. I, yeah, every single one of these is. I mean, some of them are more recent than others. But well, I thought the wild boar queso roll was a reel, so it's actually you can go watch. If not, it the the page. it is. It's it's a post and a reel. Yeah, and then you can go on and watch the actual YouTube video. Uh, yeah, I need to I need to make the queso roll, but I can attest to the pheasant Philly cheese egg rolls that that's the epitome of comfort food. Yeah, because it's just yep, and that's what I'll be that's what I'll be making after this pheasant workshop provided they come back successful it's going to be those so Emily I know there's a couple different cheeses in there mm-hmm. remember um, I know that we did um, one was spicy um, let's see I think we did uh, oh goodness was it a cheddar no maybe it was a cheddar and it has been cream, a couple years did since you we cream, cream cheese no, we did not use no. cream cheese. Mm-mm. That would be good, though. You'd have to be careful that it didn't seep out. You can almost make it like a... Ooh, that's a good one. So if you take, like, the pheasant... And this may be good for, like, a, a drier game bird or a game bird that you could potentially dry out. Like, if you dried it out and then shred the meat and made almost like a crab rangoon and mm. then used the egg roll wrapper to, like, fold in there with the cream cheese... That sounds really good. That that I think we're on to something. Mm-hmm. I did going towards the more traditional crab rangoon. I did mean to add this to my updates. So the crabbing season kind of 
it's, I mean, it's been going on here, but it's generally considered that months with an R in them are good crabbing months for Oregon. So basically, May, June, July, August are, are the off season. Um, so I am going to get out there and try my hand at crabbing, but I do want to make crab rangoon. I mean, I'm going to steam a bunch and eat them traditional style with Old Bay and all that because I'm a mid-Atlantic East Coaster. <laughs> but um, yeah. I've made it before. They're really not that hard. Crab rangoons. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I've right. never, I've never made them. Yeah, it's not that difficult. I mean, obviously, I didn't get fresh crab. It was something that I bought, but it it turned out really good. It was it was actually really easy. Hmm. That'd be a good one. It'd be a good cooking class too. Mhm. Yeah, something easy. So looking at uh, the only the only outlier we have that I'm very unsure to put in what category, but it just recently came out. Uh, I'm pretty excited. This is another one from uh, Jason Thornton, and this is uh, fried venison shepherd's pie boulettes. Dude, shepherd's pie and fried food. I mean, how can you go wrong? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like the perfect mix. <laughs> it's essentially like a mashed potato ball full of ground meat and deliciousness and cheese. I read that recipe and I was like, why did I not think of this? Yeah. <laughs> so mad at myself. Disappointed. This I is, mean, shepherd's pie is one of my favorite things. It is mine, too. Just in general. Yes. So. Oh, God, it looks so good. It's fried so crispy and perfect. And mashed potatoes. Oh. It, that was yep. probably one of my first, like, venture out venison recipes was a shepherd's pie. Really? Because I, mean, I, I had never made it before. Mm. And so I'd made it with, you know, venison, and I was like, yeah, okay. I'm on to something. <laughs> and then you I can mean, even cheat, and you can get the dehydrated potatoes in the little bag, or like Bird's Eye or some other brands make frozen, like cauliflower mashed potatoes that you can just oh, heat yeah. up and put on top. And it makes it even more simple than having to use russets or reds. Yeah, and they have to go through the boiling. Although, man, I love, like, I really, really love fresh mashed potatoes. So my the first restaurant I worked in, we had to make fresh mashed potatoes every day. And I would generally take, we had that. We had, it was like a, a pork debris gravy that mm. we, we put on there, too. And so that would literally, I would take, like, a biscuit, mashed potatoes, and a gravy, and, like, in a little bowl, and it was starch starch heaven but it was like a pound of butter heavy cream uh salt garlic powder and then like white pepper which a lot of people don't think about but when you it really 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 worked and uh i forget some a cook long before me had perfected this recipe and it was adopted but man it was so good and I try my hardest to replicate it, and I cannot remember the entirety of the recipe. And naturally, I'm not cooking for a restaurant when I'm here, so I'm not trying to do, like, 200 covers in a night at my house. Um, I really love yellows and reds with the skin on. Yeah. Still. These were reds. These were reds with the skin on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to make shepherd's pie at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> 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 Ron's gonna get home from work and be like, "Why are you cooking?" And you're like, "Well, <laughs> did you eat before the show?" I have not ate supper. See, That's, I started counting macros again, and 
I only have like 128 calories left today, so. Well, that definitely is shepherd's pie. <laughs> yeah, you like can get that with like bite. one bite. You wait, <laughs> but wait though, and eat it at midnight, and then it, oh. it counts for tomorrow. Perfect. Boom. It's like the double bag of it. You wait until <laughs> midnight. You get to start over. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I'm feeling pretty comfortable in our our discussion. And I, I hope this serves as kind of like a jumping off point for a lot of people to get kind of creative. I think we've come up with some of our own creations just based off looking at some of the recipes that we have on, on Harvesting Nature and and that Ryan and Emily have put together on The Way We Hunt. Like, as you blend those together, you could literally, if you're going to have a party, if you just want to snack at midnight, if whatever you want to do, like, there's the ability to kind of put together uh, you know, some sort of like finger I'm, food. I'm surprised you didn't add the lumpia. Oh man, yeah, lumpia is right in there with mm-hmm. dumplings and egg rolls, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, egg yep. rolls or pierogies. Pierogies are up there with dumplings. Yeah. Ooh, I do like. Do we have that lumpia was oh. probably one of the best things that we have made recently. Holy smokes! Failure. Yeah, you know what? Well, because I searched like roll and pie and all this stuff when I was putting together show notes like an hour ago. But let's talk <laughs> about this wild game lumpia because I think it's really important. It's important two reasons. One, because you guys made it and it looks really, really phenomenal. And two, it was made with the Oregon bear. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was – I'm glad that we didn't make all of it at once. I think we made 80 lumpia. Um <laughs> That's a lot of lumpia rolling. Yeah, yeah it was. Good, we we good brought some picnic. friends over to help us with the rolling portion, so it made quick quick work of it. But I'm glad we didn't make all of it because we would have ate all of it. That's how good it was. Uh, it looks so phenomenal. And you guys used two pounds of ground bear meat to get roughly 80 lumpia, of course, with all the other uh, the carrots, celery, Water chestnuts. Oh, man. I love water chestnuts. Yes. And you can even really taste the water. I mean, obviously, you can't really taste water chestnuts, but it gives, like, that crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm glad that we, I'm glad Ryan was like, hey, I have this idea. Let's do this. Because I had never had lumpia before. I was like, how have I never had this in my life? This is so good. Man, yeah, I love, I love lumpia. We don't have a pierogi recipe. Ooh. Ooh. I think I mentioned it to you a while ago and you forgot. Sorry. Oh, call, oh, call <laughs> my feelings my feelings weren't that good. <laughs> I'll uh I'll I'll put it on my I'll put it on my, my list. But yeah, no. If anybody wants to send us a good pierogi recipe, I'd love it. Uh it doesn't even have to be wild game. We can adapt it. Uh that'd be awesome. Alright, so well a pierogi kinda looks like an empanada. Yeah, but it's not fried. Yeah, what type? Yeah, it's is uh, it boiled? pierogies more of you can boil them, you can steam them, you can pan saute them. The sauerkraut but in them, you can put sauerkraut in them. Yeah, you can you can just fill them with just about it. It's like a mini empanada. Yeah, hmm. except it's, I think it's a different kind of dough. Oh yes, it's places so um, full of potato or sauerkraut filling in the center. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep, potato and cheese is a very common one, like mashed potato and cheese. Um, any kind of meat goes in there. Ooh, there's a restaurant here in Denver. Weird thing. Pierogies. 
You ne- you've never seen a pierogi before? Like Mrs. T's pierogies in the in the store? Mm. Oh, I can house those things. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, it's actually one of the things that showed up on Google was Mrs. T's. Mrs. Yeah. T's, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm going to have to buy it now. Yeah, they're Central so good. Central cool. Europe, Eastern Europe, Southeast Europe. See, they fall in, yeah, it's like a, they fall in the category of dumpling. Very, okay, yeah. I was thinking um, they look a lot like uh, gyoza, too, mm-hmm. which, I mean, is another dumpling. Um, but uh, you could, if you want, because most of the pierogies that I've seen are filled with potato and cheese. Um, but if you wanted ideas for, like, meat filling, then you would, I would look at gyoza to see what you can put in them, because gyoza is usually some kind of pork, chicken, beef. Baked nacho pierogies. Oh, gosh. Wow, there's a lot out there on air fryer toasted pierogies. Hmm. Poutine pierogies. Oh, I can't uh, poutine. But... What? <laughs> I'm also not a gravy person. This entire episode is about me telling you about stuff I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna visit okay. Emily, anyone's gonna cook for Emily. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring charcuterie. Yes. <laughs> Give me a meat and cheese platter. We're good. Huh. Origins possibly of 13th century for a long time were considered the food of peasants. Interesting. Because it's cheap to make. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It's delicious, though. Interesting. Okay. Cool. I like it. We'll add pierogies to the list. Definitely in the dumpling category, but we don't have a recipe to share with you, so we're going to have to come up with our own and get back to you. But, unfortunately, I think we're out of time. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about hand foods and finger foods, whichever you want to call them. Next up, Emily, uh, and do you have any alibis, misfires, last thoughts uh, before we close out? No, we're going to go to Wyoming in October. We got drawn for antelope. So this will be both Ryan and I's first time to hunt antelope and our first time to hunt in Wyoming. So oh, yeah. Two we, firsts. We got to talk about that. I got some histories up there. I'm down to help you Wait. guys, too. Okay, cool, because yeah. we we got nothing right now. Yeah, no, no, no. totally <laughs> down. Uh, I love antelope hunting, too. It's like one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, so that and then uh, the way we hunt channel on YouTube, on our instant Facebook page. We're going to be putting up that alligator hunt that we did with the few and the veteran organization that we work with and uh, one of Ryan's buddies that he was in 1-5 with and served some combat tours with. So that'll be a lot of fun, especially since Ryan and him. Ryan and him have history. And then other than that, I guess I'm just cooking. Nice. I don't, really, I don't really think I got nothing else. Pheasant ragoon. Pheasant ragoon, yeah. Just normal hunting. You know, season started today for Dove in Oklahoma as it did in many other states. So I'm just happy to kick off something besides fishing. Yep, agreed. All right, Colin, over to you. Um, I'm looking forward to making some of these recipes we talked about. Mostly, well, the, probably the soonest one I'll have coming up is this um, the, the pheasant. Philly cheese one. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to do that pheasant workshop uh, two weekends from now. So hopefully 
come away with my two rooster pheasants for that and uh, have some good eats on the table. But uh, that was a fun conversation. We definitely have, I think we came up with more finger foods to talk about in the future and try out than we actually had <laughs> prepared to talk about for the episode. So this this only made our finger food repertoire bigger. Uh, yeah, we'll have to maybe do a uh, round yeah, two. You know, you know what we need to do is a wild game charcuterie board. Ooh. Yeah, that too. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one too. Because uh, I don't think we've done, we've, we've talked wild game sausages, but I don't think we've talked like charcuterie boards or, or cured meats or anything like that. I think that would be And with all the uh, harvesting that you guys have been doing outside with like the mushrooms and berries mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you could add that to the board? Yeah, that'd be oh, perfect. Man. Oh, man. I don't know how you would get cheese on there if you include cheese in your charcuterie well, Go buy a goat. At least like wild cheese. <laughs> <laughs> We're making our own. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, you will. <laughs> um, no, that's cool. That's a good thought too. I like it. I, I'm excited. This episode was fun. Um, all the finger foods, hand foods, whatever you want to call them. I think it's cool. We do have a repertoire. We've got room now to expand upon that, and I hope that we've given everyone listening some cool ideas of fun stuff to do as the hunting seasons are starting to open. Um, we have lots of resources, lots of recipes on the website. As always, you know that if you listen to the show for any length of time, and and uh, we're very happy to share those with you. So please, as always, let us know your feedback. If you cook something and you like it, uh, Instagram dings, you know, pretty frequently of people tagging us with stuff they've made and, and sharing recipes and uh, we always love that interaction. You know, calling myself, I'm sure same uh, Ryan and Emily, people sharing stuff on their page. Like it, it's cool to see people doing stuff that we're doing uh, or taking some sort of inspiration from it. It's it's neat. But I will say that um, make sure that uh, you go check out the show notes because we'll link all those recipes there. And uh, thanks for listening as always. And then head over to social media. Make sure you're following the way we hunt as always putting out great content and then once you've made sure you're following them on youtube facebook instagram twitter pinterest tumblr wherever (laughs) Uh, wherever they are you'll you'll find them follow them and then go replicate that for harvesting nature make sure you're staying up with all the great news that we're doing don't forget about the cooking classes we have going on too every week as we're cranking through those limited seating so sign up quick and then uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, punch that five-star button. Tell us what we're doing right or, you know, tell us what we're doing wrong. Thanks, everybody, and have a good night. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.